Animal Fire Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast, a podcast that is designed to talk about the job. I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to interview the coolest people out there in the American Fire Service and talk about the job. Everything from guys riding backwards, officers, chiefs, up through companies, people, manufacturers, products, organizations, you name it. We're trying to capture the stories to promote the job and make the job better. So if you're returning and you're a regular listener, thank you. If you're new to the podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. Podcast at nationalfireradio.com is where you can find us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, people that you think might be a good guest, or anything else that you want to talk about. Send it over to podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what we get to do is bring forth the word about the job. But in order to do that, we need the help of some sponsors. So do me a favor, hang tight, and listen to the words from a few of our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at BoxAlarmGrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market. Taylor's Tins is a leader in the American Fire Service helmet front space. Not only do they manufacture helmet fronts, but they do so much more. Locker tags, key chains, CO monitor charts, medical kit charts, pump charts, banquet awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to taylorstins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast. And because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to taylorstins.com, enter NFR sent me, that is NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you to put it on your helmet and get to the next job. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. Again, that's taylorstins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Thank you for the applause. There's no reason for it because I don't belong up here, to be perfectly honest with you. Looking at the lineup that's here tonight, 
I'm nobody from nowhere. I know a lot of us say that all the time, but truthfully, it took a lot of drive and effort to get here tonight to be able to speak in front of you. But I'm no different than any of you. We're all the same. This group tonight that's here is not the group I should be talking to. You guys don't need to hear what I have to say because you guys get it because you're here. You're taking a weekend away, you're going out of pocket, and you're here because you want to be here. And so for Rusty to ask me to be here tonight to speak, it's an absolute honor. A little bit about this program. I took a longer program and broke it down because what I want this to be tonight, this was Rusty said, I want you to do pizza and beers. So come in, do a keynote, talk. We're gonna do it over pizza and beer, more of a, a little bit more of an informal setting, and really set the tone for the weekend, which puts a lot of pressure on what I do because I gotta make sure that I energize you enough tonight to go into tomorrow. Go into later tonight with the brotherhood and the sisterhood, and then go into tomorrow and Sunday and crush this weekend. So we can go home and influence those that are tearing us down. That's what this is about. So you guys are not the group I wanna to talk to, but I'm excited to talk to you guys because you guys are the stewards that are gonna push everything forward. I'm so tired of status quo. I'm tired of spinning my wheels. And that is exactly why I started National Fire Radio five years ago. And I'm gonna go into that in a second. So the program that I do is called Bridging the Gap, Preserving Tradition and Culture One Generation at a Time. What it's about is focusing on communication skills between the young and the old. How do we, there, there has been a big divide, a big disconnect within this job, and we're gonna talk about that, but it works. And we need to be able to get back on track to make it work. I look around this room and there's young and old in here tonight. So it's not dead. And the disconnect is there only when we allow the disconnect to be there. So let's move forward tonight. So what I did was I took a longer presentation, I cut down to a bunch of slides. There's only 175 slides in this one. And because awesome. uh, I do talk a lot, so if it gets long-winded, just tell me to shut up, all right? We'll move forward. Anyway, this slide right here is super important to me. This is my old man, Tom Donch. He's my idol. He's my hero, 82 years old in the volunteer fire service. I don't even know how many years he has in now. He is everything to me. 82 years old, and he still comes out at 3 o'clock in the morning to answer the bell. Thank you. If you listen to the podcast, thank you. 
What that is for me, it's a selfish endeavor. I get to talk to the coolest people in the American <coughs> fire service. I get to talk to people every single day. I committed back in October to do a podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, with a different guest. Ron was one of my guests not too long ago. Great episode. I get to talk to these people. It's a selfish endeavor, but what I realized was if I can do that and share it, we're moving this job forward. And that's important to me. So National Fire Radio, <coughs> I believe that the message of today was getting lost. We can't vilify social media. We're going to get into that in one of the slides. We can't vilify today. We have to adapt to today. This is a traditional job. It's based in steeped on tradition. And so we have to take what we know and relate it to today on the channels that deliver. How do we push this job forward? It's not on page 17 of a magazine or an article that nobody's reading anymore. Let's take that mag let's take that article out of page 17 and put it on the channels where people are paying attention. That's how we move this job forward in 2023. The job. You'll hear me talk about the job. To me, 28-year volunteer fireman, never been a paid fireman in my life. I was a volunteer fireman in a combination department for many years. I had the opportunity to get hired many times, but I was fortunate enough to be in a family business that did me very well from right outside of college. And for me, I made the decision not to go into the career fire service. Do I regret it? No. I don't have any regrets in life because my passion is just as strong as somebody that's riding shifts every single day. My passion will not waver for the fire service because I fucking love it. I hope I'm going to swear just a little bit. I'm going to swear a lot, but I'm going to swear a little bit. Probably stronger. What? Probably stronger. Probably stronger. Thank you. I might be needed. The job. So when I talk about the job on all of our social media content, on the podcast, when I talk to people, the job is the job. Nobody gives a shit. The public doesn't care. The fire doesn't care. Nobody cares. So when I sit here tonight, I've shaken a lot of hands. I've met a lot of great people. A lot of people came up and knew who I was, and I'm honored. I want to talk to every single person here because everybody has a story, but everybody's still going to the same fires. And I don't care if you're volunteer career, the fools, rusty New England fools, you guys do an incredible job of the brotherhood and the sisterhood, and you guys eliminate the business.
generational information, right? Bridging that gap between the generations. Well, we kind of have to know what the generations are. Now, when I wrote this program a while back, I didn't have a clue about half these generations. I didn't even know what generation I was, okay? Gen X, by the way, the best one. <laughs> the greatest generation, ages 99 to 122, 1901 to 1925. They were born and dealt with the Great Depression. They were our soldiers in World War II, and they were frugal because of the outside influences, right? So think about that. We call it the greatest generation. They had a lot of struggle and strife throughout. The silent generation, 1925 to 1945, 78 to 98, okay? So these people are probably out of the fire service, volunteer side, probably in the fire service still. My father's 82, okay? So he's still in the fire service and he's still influential in everything we do in my volunteer fire company. He matters. We allow him to matter and we keep him mattering. And that's what's most important. We're gonna get into all that. Uh, they're known as the silent generation because they worked within the system, McCarthy area politics, things like that. So the silent generation were people that put their head down, worked, didn't push against any social issues or anything like that. So it was a driven, focused, small generation, driven to stay within the system. Baby boomers, we hear about boomers all the time. 59 to 77, these guys are in our firehouses, paid, you know, career volunteer. They retired, some are still there, right? Hardworking people, independent, relevant generation in modern society. So they come forth. They are the people that started creating the boom in technology and moving society forward, okay? Generation X, that's me. Born 1977, I'm 46 years old, we kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> 44 to 48, so you're born from 65 to 79. We knew life before technology and we know technology, meaning I grew up, my first email address was freshman year of college. AOL chat rooms trying to pick up single moms, it was killing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely killing. shit, that's a whole other night. We'll talk later after karaoke. But the one thing about us is we relate with young and old. So we relate with young and old. So we knew what it was like not to have the internet. We know what it's like to have the internet. So we're the bridging the gap generation. We know how to have conversation and engage people without technology, and we know how to engage people with technology, okay? That's important, and that's literally why I'm doing this presentation. So it makes sense that this works for me. I'm the guy in my firehouse, I should've said this in the introduction, the reason why I wrote this, I'm the guy in my firehouse that grabs that, how old are you? Great, let's pretend you're 18. I grab you <laughs> over here, and this guy, how old are you? 79. You sit next to him, he's got a story to tell you, shut your mouth and listen. Hey, he's got something to teach you, he's gonna show you how to use your iPhone, right? There's bridging the gap. I was always that guy in the firehouse to educate people to connect. And so I got rid of the bullshit, I got tired of the nonsense, and I said, you need to talk to him. You need to talk to him. You guys need to connect. There's a, there's a problem here. There's a disconnect. Our generation understands that because we live both sides of the coin. Make sense? Makes sense. Millennials, fuck them, right? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> we blame the millennials for everything. Half of you probably don't even know how old millennials are. It's up on the slide, fellas. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
like more millennials or younger. We often mistake millennials. We often blame millennials for everything. The older guys are like, fucking millennials. These guys, they want everything done for them. They're entitled. They ask a lot of questions, right? And then millennials are like, yeah, we ask a lot of questions because I want to know what's going on, right? It's, it's just, it's this disconnect. And so millennials, they're greatly misunderstood. Older people always blame them even for stuff they're not responsible for. And quite common uh, people to think that they're in their 20s. People think they're younger than they are. Generation Z, I didn't even know what this was. Generation Z is my, my kids. I have two kids in Generation Z. So they're exposed to social media. They're the first generation to deal with social media issues. Cyberbullying, right? Uh, and other internet-related issues. They're the first generation to deal with school violence, school shootings, right? Large social issues like climate control. They are being inundated with information when they're not at school anymore. This generation understands how to bring in information outside of what I used to know as channels of delivery. And then we have Gen Alpha. 13 to 25, they're zero to 10. And this is the first generation to be born to parents who grew up with the internet, cell phones, tablets, and social media. These are the kids that are out at dinner with their parents with an iPad up their ass while their parents are laughing it up having a glass of Cabernet, right? Because we want to keep them quiet because that's what they know. We can't fault them for that if they don't know any different. And we're going to run into that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to break that down, okay? Um, they are also inclined to be the most racially diverse and most technologically advanced in everything, okay? They know so much more than we do. When I was four years old, when I was six years old, when I was 10 years old, I didn't know half the shit these kids know because everything is at their fingertips today. So the whole shit, sorry. <laughs> so the point of, that was like a big reveal. I was supposed to lead up to that. So the point of that is, right, every generation is different. Every generation has a different foundation from when they come from. And so you have to understand that if that's the case and we start to unpack this conversation, we can start to understand why 79-year-old Frank and 18-year-old Billy Joe don't really get along well. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to talk. And so we need to bridge that gap. Generation firefighter. Take all that generational stuff I talked about, put it in your back pocket for now. We'll start breaking it down later. Age doesn't matter, but understanding and mutual respect does. Career or volunteer, the job. It doesn't matter how old the kid is riding backwards. It doesn't matter how old the officer is in the front right seat. It doesn't matter how old your deputy battalion or chief of department is. It doesn't matter because we all do the same job when called upon to do the same job. So throw all that shit out of the way. We're generation firefighters. That's what we are. We hold each other to the same respect. Every person in this room, male, female, black, white, Jewish, Catholic, I don't care who you are or what you are, if we're going to a fire, I expect the very same out of you guys that you would expect out of me. So I don't give a shit if you're a millennial, if you're a baby boomer, you're a Gen Z, I don't care. Pull your weight and do your job. 
This is what's the most important part about the conversation tonight. And so we need to find ways to get away from the bullshit and put it back to the fire truck where we're generation firefighters. Okay? How often do we hear that? No? Guys, oh, part of this was Rusty's like, work with the crowd, work with the crowd. So, how common is that? Shut up, old man. I'm tired, I'm tired of hearing the old guy in the back corner telling me about that fire from 39 years ago where they had to walk uphill both ways through waist-deep snow and his fucking boot fell off and, you know, and they don't make them like me anymore. I'm tough as nails. We went to fires all the time. Shut up, old man. Tired of it. Tired of hearing it, right? Maybe he's talking like that because he wants you to listen. Maybe if you listened and gave him a half a second of your time, those stories would start to come back down to reality and we'd start having real conversation. But until then, shut up, old man. You're taking up the air. You're bothering me. I got things to do. I'm on my phone. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm worrying about other things. I don't want to hear your stories anymore. Stupid kid. Fucking kids these days, they don't listen. They ask a lot of whys. They don't bring the same work ethic I had, you know, because when I was here and I was all, you know, young, now that I'm old, you know, they don't work as hard as we do, right? There's this constant back and forth. But again, we're doing the same job. So let's break down the delivery of that. We love to blame everyone for everything. We never take accountability for our own actions. We never take it head on and say that I'm the reason why this isn't working, right? Something we all have in common, we love to blame. There we go. Let's open the conversation that way between young and old. Frank, 79 years old, you blaming me? Probably. Billy Joe, 18, you blaming me? Of course you are. Because you tell your fault. We blame something else. So something we all have in common, we blame. That's fact. I do it. Like I said, I open this show. Guilty. I'm guilty of all of it. I blame my kids all the time. I blame my kids at home when I don't listen. I blame my kids when my daughter says, Dad, can you give me a ride? I go, where are you going? She's like, I'm going over to my friend's house. And I said, were you going to ask? She's like, I asked her earlier. We don't listen. So we blame. It's not my fault. I listen. I just you know, you didn't tell me. No, I told you. So it's my fault. Blame me. So outside of blaming me, that's the next slide, blame the cell phone. It's easy because we all carry it. So let's break that down. Cell phone is the devil. Cell phone's the worst thing that ever happened to this job. Who believes that? Anyone? I know you have to raise your hand. It's kind of a rhetorical question. But there's so many people that used to vilify. I think it's less than we used to. But we vilify the cell phone. Let's blame the cell phone. We have a disconnect in the firehouse. We're not communicating. Let's blame the phone. Those fucking kids are on their phones all the time. Well, that's funny because the senior guy was in the back parking lot on his talking about his beat job, talking about his third ex-wife, talking about this, talking about that. We're all on our phones. The phone is not an issue. What we have to do is harness the phone. We have to take the power of the phone and bring it back in and make it work for us, okay? We can take the easy way out and blame it. Let's blame the phone. It's the phone's fault. Or we can say the phone's here to stay because, guys, technology's not ever going to go backwards. 
spending a lot, lot faster. So we need to take this and put it to work for us, okay? So let's not blend this because it's not a young guy issue. It's not a probie issue. It's not the five-year guy. It's not the 10-year guy. It's not the 30-year guy. It's everyone. Everyone uses their phone and they're on it way too much. This is coming from a guy that runs a social media campaign. <laughs> this is no bullshit. I live this every single day. I live in this world. This is that cool logo we designed. Oh, it's so cool. I live in social media. This is where I live, right? But I'm that guy in social media that still understands, bring me back to my generation, I still understand before social media and I understand social media today very well. And what I found was how do I bridge that gap between didn't knowing and now knowing and bringing that information forward and deliver it on a channel where everybody's paying attention to it. Because everybody's on their cell phones. The one thing I'm gonna say right now, nobody's been on their phone since I've been talking. Thank you. Thank you. Because that matters. Because now you're listening. You're engaged. And whoever it was, they're just like, shit. <laughs> but it matters, right? So I appreciate that. As somebody that's up front talking, it matters to me. It matters that you're engaged. That guy just pointed out his friend in the back. <laughs> it matters to me because I'm up here trying to get the message out and firing you guys up, and you're paying attention and giving me that courtesy, and I truly am grateful. But it matters. But it goes to show that everybody's on their phone and everybody uses their phone. Where do we digest the most information? On our phones. Nobody's watching network news anymore. No, nobody wants to. Nobody's watching television for the most part. We're talking streaming services. We're talking social media. We're talking podcasts. We're talking any way that we can get our information quicker. That's where we are. So blame me. You guys want to blame somebody for the disconnect in the fire service? Blame me, because I'm the guy that's out in front. Our social media platform has over 2 million impressions a month. Our podcast is doing 100,000 downloads a month. We are the number one content distributor in the American fire service on social media.
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Anderson Rescue Solutions was founded in 2016 by former Philadelphia firefighter Tim Anderson. As an urban firefighter and rescue specialist, Tim found that the equipment available to him lacked the usability and practicality in complex high-stress environments that rescuers often found themselves in. To combat this, he developed products based on his own experiences in the field, creating innovative, efficient gear designed to thrive in reality. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap is a perfect example of one of these products. Made in America, this patented tool is used for rapidly harnessing firefighters or civilians in the worst conditions. Every feature is fine-tuned to meet the needs of rescuers battling low visibility, low dexterity, and high stress. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap has been used in numerous real-world rescues for both firefighters and civilians all across the country, and it is being increasingly adopted by fire, rescue, and tactical agencies as standard issue equipment. I carry one. I have carried one for many years. It is the most versatile strap out there. Check it out. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Tim Anderson, the owner and proprietor of Anderson Rescue Solutions, has become a dear friend. In fact, he's even been on the podcast several episodes ago dropped the incredible information he's super passionate about the fire service about special operations and he has built an incredible company an incredible product so because of our great relationship with tim and anderson rescue solutions if you go to andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off if you use the promo code nfr2023 that's nfr2023 at checkout on andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off your order and do me a favor go over to their social media and check out facebook instagram and youtube for weekly news product info and other content in regards to anderson rescue solutions this episode's brought to you by Flame Decon. Developed specifically for firefighter decon, Flame shampoo, body wash, and soaps reduce your risk of getting occupational cancer. Live fire testing shows that carcinogens on your skin after a fire are removed and undetectable after using Flame. Flame Decon has made a product that not only does its job and does it well, but that you'll enjoy using. They smell amazing. They make your skin and hair feel great. I will be an absolute witness to that. I have used the product. Tara and I have known each other for quite some time. She has sent us product. We have used it, and it does take that smell of soot and smoke off of you immediately following a shower. It makes a difference. You can find Flame Decon products at flamedecon.com and use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. That's promo code NFR for 15% off your first order at flamedecon.com. And for departments that are interested in departmental orders, more than one or two pieces of product, you can reach out to Tara directly at Tara at flamedecon.com. She's happy to entertain any inquiries that you have. And this made me think departments need to protect their own and protecting our own is also after the fire. Chiefs, purchasing managers, look into Flame Decon as a way of protecting our firefighters in and out of the firehouse. So check out Flame Decon at flamedecon.com. Use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. Disconnect. I'm excited. We've got a lot of disconnect. 
Just a couple key words, foundation, morals, ethics, values, communication, lack of understanding, respect, patience, and the environment. These are things that cause some of the disconnect within. So I'm just going to do one slide on each. We're going to blow through these because it's not school. I want you to enjoy this. I talk about foundation a lot. If you listen to my podcast, every single guest I talk to, I ask them about their upbringing, where they came from, who they are, what's their foundation. Because for me to be a storyteller, right, as much as I do interviews, I'm narrating a story. I'm trying to bring information out of our guests on the podcast to really learn their story, which I think brings tremendous value to all of you sitting here. So that selfish endeavor of mine with that podcast is really built on sharing that information. I get my enjoyment out of meeting new friends, right? There's a bunch of people in this room that I've talked to on the podcast. I get selfishly to get that information, but I also now have a platform to share it, right? And so solid versus shaky, brick by brick, block by block, right? It matters. I'm just reading my own notes here. Uh, we've all come from different foundations. So outside the firehouse has its own foundation. So career volunteer, that firehouse is built and steeped on the foundation for which it was, the blocks and bricks that were put there by the people that have been there riding those trucks before you showed up. So there's a foundation there, but you also bring your own foundation. Your upbringing, grew up in a broken home, terrible parents, left alone a lot, had a fend for myself, grew up in a really rich home, vacationed every month to the, you know, the Alps of Switzerland. Like, we all have our own foundation. Those foundations shape who we are. And so when we walk in the door at our firehouse, our fire company, we bring that with us. And now we have to mesh that with the guy that's sitting across the street. Listen, I lived a very upper middle class life. I'm not going to deny that. I've been given a lot of things in life, a lot of opportunity. My parents took care of my college. I was fortunate enough to go to a four-year college, and they paid for it. I'm very lucky, and I recognize that. I know there's people that don't ever have a possibility to have that option. And I recognize that and I respect them for that. And that's part of the conversation. We all come from different backgrounds, but we have to mesh them to be good. We have to mesh them to create a strong foundation to continue on the foundation of the firehouse, the fire company department that we now elected to be a part of. Morals, ethics, and values. Looking around this room, a lot of questions. <laughs> the, whole point, the whole point of this, right, is we all have our own sets of morals, ethics, and values. And I can go into all these fancy things over here, but my values might be a little different than yours. If I'm an 80-year-old man from a different generation, right, my father's 82, the silent generation, I know he and I differ on a lot of things when we talk about politics, sex, marriage, children, parenting, go down the line. So how is that not going to transpose over to the firehouse too? It will. Has to. Right? So we have to find that mutual respect. But morals, ethics, and values, it's a sliding scale. What I feel is right, you might feel is wrong. What you think is acceptable to do in public, I might think it's not. How you choose to parent your kids, you have kids? I was going to say, you look young, man. How you choose to parent your kids, I might choose to parent them differently. But how do I, do I judge you? Do I hold you to that? Because I don't know what's going on behind your closed door. See, the thing is, for me, I have four kids. I have a 29, 27, 16, and 15. 29 and 27, Michael and Kendra, are my stepkids. They were mine from five and four. I'm sorry, five and six. Five and six. And so Michael and Kendra are my kids. They grew up in my house, but they're my stepkids. I didn't nature them, but I sure as hell nurtured them. 
right, then I have Paige and Lily, my two daughters, 15 and 16, freshmen and sophomore in high school. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I, can't even, I can't even tell you the shit that I deal with on a daily basis. So my two old kids are grown and out, they're very successful in life and they're doing very well. My two younger kids obviously are still home because I have not grown them out yet. And I deal with this every single day. So I'm a house full of women, my wife and two daughters. I can tell you that I question some things every single day about how I'm parenting, how I'm teaching them, how I'm nurturing them. It all matters. But how I do it and how I explain to my kids is this, and I lost my train of thought, but I'm back on it now. What I explain to my, what I explain to my children is very much this. Don't complain and bitch and moan or hold judgment against others in your school, your classmates, upperclassmen, lowerclassmen, because you don't know what they're dealing with at home. When you go home and that door closes, you don't know if that kid's being starved, beaten, sexually abused. You don't know if there's a substance problem with, with a parent in that house. And maybe the kid's asking for help. We cannot keep judging everyone. Because who the fuck are you to judge anyone? Who am I to judge anyone? I'm no better than anyone else. And this is something that runs rampant, not just in a fire service, but in life, who the fuck am I to judge you? I don't know you, right? So we have to do a better job of that because that's what's starting to decay a lot of what's happening on the apparatus floor. That's what's starting to decay relationships when we're starting to judge our fellow brother and sister, but all of a sudden the tone goes off and now we're riding backwards and we forget all that shit because we're all going to do the same job. Cut the shit, man. Dial back in and love people, like people. Do better, because we need to. Because the only way this job's gonna go forward is if we do better. Communication, obvious, I love that stuff. I was like Googling pictures and I was like, oh, this is perfect, right? I love that, I wish she was my grandmother, she's cool. We don't communicate. And I could I'll read through the slide, but like we don't we don't communicate. We don't talk. We think we do. I talk a lot. I'm standing up here tonight for I don't know how long now, and I stand up here tonight and I'm talking a ton. But I listen. I listen more. When I do my podcast, I talk a lot. It's not just about the guests. It's also for me with National Fire Radio. It's a way and a platform for me to share my ideas and opinions on topics too. And so I take. I probably take more time than I should over the guest at times to put my point of view in there too. Because I think the people that listen to my podcast are looking for my point of view too because I've been 100% authentic and transparent from day one when we launched it. So a lot of you, if you do listen to the podcast, you have a real good sense of who I am and you're probably not surprised at how I'm talking tonight, right? And so the point of that is, is like we need to listen. Stop talking. Stop talking for the sake of talking. People love to talk. You ever sit in a conversation and you're like, when's he gonna finish? Like, I, you said the same thing. I talk to people all day long and they tell me the same thing four different ways in 90 seconds. I'm like, I got it the first time. I'm not dumb. You know somebody like that? 100%. We all do, right? Stop talking for the sake of talking and start listening. Lack of understanding, adversity is huge to propelling this job forward. We want people from different backgrounds. We need people 
from different backgrounds. We need females on the fire trucks. We need black people. We need white people. We need red people, green people, purple people. We want a job that fairly represents what we do in the public we serve, but we will not sacrifice the values for which they come. spouse if you need to. 
You better know if they're going through something shitty at home that maybe you could just lend a quick ear in the parking lot before you walk in for your tour or before you walk in for drill night at the volunteer house. Dial into your people, it matters. People matter. People is what makes this job better. So everyone wants to be right, and compromise is always hard. I always thought I was right. My wife still tells me I think I'm right all the time. I'm never right. She tells me that. She says, you always think you're right, but you're never right. There you go, you're right. So my, po my point is with that, right, is that compromise, none of us in this economic, in this social climate that we live in today, nobody wants to compromise because nobody's listening and nobody's willing to waver on their point of view because everybody thinks their points of view matter. In the grand scheme of things, guys, none of our points of view matter to shit. They really don't. My social media post, man, I, I want to do a whole program just on social media. I love, we do this apparatus innovation segment, I don't know if you guys see it. Right, where we share, like, the, I call it the tips, tricks, and hacks of how people are building trucks all over the country. Right, so you go to a manufacturer, Nick's here, right, Pierce, you go to a manufacturer and they'll give you the template and you can, oh, I want to do this, I need a shelf, I need a divider, I need this, a handle, great. But you're building it for your region and you're building it for you, but then there's another guy in Iowa or Kentucky or Hawaii that needs to build it differently. People get on social media when I post, it could literally be a grab handle on the side of a ladder truck that's here. And there will be 974 comments about how shitty that is. <laughs> it's crazy, because if you think about it, somebody's taking time out of their day to leave a negative comment on a social media post. I feel sorry for those people. I do. I truly do. I used to get fired up, man. If you look at the early days of National Fire Radio content, I used to go back at people and try to shove up their ass. Be like, how do you know? You're an asshole, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then I come to realize, like, no, man, I'm approaching this all wrong. These people are losers. <laughs> These people are pathetic. These people don't have anything better to do when they live in their mom's basement scrolling National Fire Radio, and they're going to bitch about a fucking handrail on a rear of a ladder truck. Literally 15 
15 seconds, and then some schmuck in the back of the room's like, New York Yankees, man, Google. We take the fun out of it. Why? Just to get to an answer? Just to take the sport out of it? I love debating, because I'm never wrong. So debating's great for me. Everybody wants it, it goes right to this right here. Everybody. Where are we going? <laughs> Stand up and play it. Where are we going? Big. 
opportunity came to me, but not on the cost of what it did for four of our employees that have longevity in the company. My father should have fired my ass and threw me to the curb, but he believed in me and kept me in the family business. He should have kept the employees and gotten rid of me, because I was a piece of shit. But he kept me because he saw something in me. And what I realized that very day when I went home, I wasn't going to take it for granted anymore. And I dove head first into the family business, and I worked my ass off 12 to 14 hours a day, six days a week. And I built something that we were very proud to be able to spin off and sell to a competitor years later. And I gave my father the parachute he needed to retire. And for that, I was so grateful. But it came on the back of people that laid down their careers because fat Jeremy, who was fat and lazy at that time, thought life was grand and it was a joke. Guys, I tell you this, I'm being fully honest with you here. I'm putting it on the table because I want you to understand the importance and the severity of what happens. This is not just happening in my personal life. This is happening in every firehouse. This is happening in every home. Issues matter. Issues are happening. Are we taking accountability, right? Fast and slow, hard and, or I'm sorry, easy and fast, hard and slow. Hard and slow wins every single time. Fast and easy is exactly that. It's a gimmick. Fast and easy doesn't work. And if you want to watch social media and look at all those great social media stars that make all these millions of dollars, you know how many social media pages in the fire service I saw pop up right after National Fire Radio started getting a little bit of success? There were tons of fire pages to pop up on social media trying to do what we were doing. You know what none of those people would do? Stand here like <coughs> I am. Fucking cowards. Easy. They wanted it easy and they wanted it fast. Doesn't happen, guys. Hard and slow. Put in the work. I promise you, in the firehouse, in the fire service, nothing comes easy. Put in the work. The reps, the training. I'm preaching to a group of people that are here tonight on your own time in the middle of this massive blizzard that's coming that's all I've heard about, right? And you guys are here on your own time, on your own time, away from your families, your jobs, and everything else because you're the people I, I love. I embrace this. You people get it. So go and take my message and push it because the scumbags and the mutts aren't here. Take it and go share that message. You know who that is?
conversation that came out of it. I finally literally went into my phone and removed myself from that group. <coughs> Just I didn't say, guys, this is uh, nothing. I removed myself because I realized that it would get under my skin every single day when I was reading the comments and the shit they were tearing people down, other departments, and I'm like, like, we're any fucking better, right? Like, we're any better than that other company. Oh, those guys, did you see those guys fumble? Did you see that? See how slow they were? The guy missed the turn, right? We're a bunch of losers. And instead of saying, hey guys, let's learn from their mistake, they want to tear that company down. I was tired of it, guys, it's poison. Get away from the losers. Rob Meyer is on my podcast, and I'm gonna butcher the quote because I suck at this. But he said, sit, oh shit, see? <laughs> I said it up too. Basically, what he told me was, sit at the table with champions because the conversation is different. Get away from the losers. There's not a single loser in this room tonight. I believe that because you're here. So if you go back and you hang out with that crew of losers, career firehouse, volunteer firehouse, you hang out with losers, you're going to be a loser, man. Who wants to be a loser? Tired of it. Bitch, a fucking loser. Get rid of it. Get them out of your life. And I'll tell you this too, and this is not easy. Sometimes the loser is a parent. Sometimes the loser is a brother or sister, or it's a spouse. You have to take care of you. You, and listen, you guys can push back all you want on that. I'm just saying, thank you. I appreciate that because that is truthful. You know how many parents resent their kids and tear them down? You ever call mom and she's never had anything nice to say? And you get off that phone and for the next two days you're worried about what mom had to say and then you gotta call her again two days later but you don't wanna call her because all she's gonna do is tear you down again? Put you on speakerphone for it. Funniest <laughs> 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 thing I've heard all night. <laughs> it's true. It's true, right? Guys, the poison is typically closest. If they tear you down and you don't come away from the interaction and conversations with those people, remove yourself from it. Take a time out. If it's a parent or a loved one, maybe you just need a time out. Refocus. Figure it out. It's okay. Because if you're not good at home, if you're not good in your life, you certainly are not going to be good in the firehouse. Facts. Other words that matter. So I kind of broke down and chopped this whole presentation up, believe it or not. Shit, I've been going an hour and hour in. Um, other words that matter to me because, guys, believe it or not, words actually matter. Actions matter. So do words. Because we do a lot more talking than we do actions. So words do matter. And what I tell you guys tonight matter to me. And I'm not going to say anything up here tonight that I can't back up or believe in. Words matter. Entitlement. Here we go. Eighth place trophies for everyone. <laughs> we had a CPR call. Made a save. 17 guys on the run. Everybody gets a fucking ribbon. <laughs> Only three people were pumping on them. Brought them back. But we're going we're to award everybody. My kids in a relay race in like third grade didn't even place because the kid fell down. It's a ribbon. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we awarding people things for recognition of a job well done when they didn't even do the job? It's crazy, right? And it's a cycle.
barely clean up their freaking rooms. My wife begs for them to put the laundry in the hamper. Can you at least put your clothes in the hallway hamper? Now, we have and we are guilty. We're all guilty of creating entitlement. We've created it, poor leadership creates it. Let me talk about that for one second. You're a weak leader, you create it. And you are responsible for the entitlement in your company. Why? I'll tell you. If you can't hold people accountable, if you're weak and don't believe in your own skills and abilities, you can't hold this guy, this guy, this guy responsible for their own action because you don't have a game to back it up. So what we do is we allow for mediocrity to flourish because we can't address the wrongs as a weak boss. And so now we've created an environment where mediocrity is okay. It's okay to be the weak link. It's okay not to get through that door. It's okay not to mask up that quick. It's okay to fucking trip off the back of the engine when we're stretching. We allow that to be a thing. And so because of that, weak leadership, poor leadership creates entitlement because all of a sudden one day as the boss, you're going to say, hey, Frank, you suck. You're going to be disciplined. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And Frank's going to look at you and go, what did I do wrong? You've never told me I've done anything wrong. We, as weak leaders and bosses, let shit bubble up because we can't address it. You want to be a leader? Do the hard shit. The easy stuff's the fire round. The hard stuff is the personnel and caring about people and empathy and all those words that come into what it means to be a true leader. Right? So Frank is like, what did I do wrong? Why am I being disciplined? Why are you writing me up? Why am I being suspended in the volunteer service? You never told me. And the guy's like, well, you did this, you did this, you did this, and you pile it on the kid. And the kid sits there and goes, but you've never addressed it with me. You allow for it to flourish because you're a pitiful boss. Pick up your game. We need leaders. And leaders do the hard shit. Address problems. Address your people. Stand and take charge. And if you're not a hard charger and a leader, get out of the way and let the people that know how to do it do it. Accountability, I mean, we always play defense. Everybody plays defense, nobody's ever on offense. So it's just defense, like we're gonna deflect. I'm not taking responsibility for that, it's not my fault, I didn't do it. I did it because that's how I was shown, it's your fault, you told me. We're always on defense, sucks. I hate that environment, I hate it. Let's get away from it. Integrity, honesty, Character, who are you as a person outside the firehouse? I need a good person. I need people with morals, ethics, and values that matter. I need somebody that's good to their spouse. I need a good father. Or somebody that, if they're struggling, I open this tonight saying I'm a terrible fireman, terrible husband, terrible father. But I work at it every single day. I'm probably being a little hard on myself but I work on it every single day, but I'm not gonna stand in front of you and tell you I'm great at it, because it's a work in progress. If you're not good at home, and you're not good in your life, your finances, your marriage, your children, fix home. Fix home, because if you don't fix home, you're not gonna be any better on the fire truck. 
going to be any better in the firehouse because you're distracted. And that's going to lead to problems. And that's going to lead to a terrible career, a bad reputation, and hopefully nothing worse. Fix home. Fix yourself. And then come. Because we need good, solid, and grounded people to do what we do. Expectations, if we don't tell you what the expectation is, I can't hold you responsible for that. If you never know that we stretch to the rear as a second new company, and you don't stretch to the rear, then I'm like, hey man, what the fuck? And you're like, hey man, I didn't know. Set expectations, and then tell your people what the expectations are, right? You're expected to perform this way. We expect you to be like this. This is how we operate. This is where you need to be. All of that. Expectations matter. Weak bosses don't put out expectations. I think I've been talking too long. There's a lot more people on phones. Okay. I'll wrap it up soon, I promise. I see a picture on your social media. They're the best guys.
37 runs in a 24-hour tour. They never went back to the firehouse. They wore the same wet clothes for a 14-hour tour. <coughs> you think you could do that? I don't know, man. Nostalgia. We always build up something before us to look and sound better. These guys are absolute studs. I would love to be half the people they are. I promise you that. And that's the generational conversation. We all love it, but we lack understanding and the patience to appreciate it. Do better. It takes work because it matters. Guys, thank you. Fire Radio.